Welcome to Mulks TV Talk, the podcast where we take a loving, longing look at TV and tell you this week, it was the Logies. Since the dawn of time, man has searched far and wide for the best things on TV. What to watch. How to watch. Who's watching what. Free to wear this. VPN that. Plug in and listen to what other people think about what you are and are not watching. It's Mox TV Talk, the podcast, with your host, Steve Mock. So much has gone on. Mark Humphreys is joining me to discuss everything that was the 2015-57th annual TV Week Logie Awards. Hello, Mark. Hello. How do you manage to maintain that energy and enthusiasm for the Logies? I mean, it was... Because I think it, it was, what, 16, 17 hours long. Uh, it's amazing that you've still got that <laughs> love and joy in your heart. It's, um, it's something that you have to work hard. It's a choice I make every day. I get out of bed well, and I go, yeah. you know what, Mark? I'm going to be pleased about the Logies. Because, the, you know, the, the sad truth is it's 364 days until the next one. So uh, you need to kind of keep that energy up for the remainder of, uh, <laughs> of that period of time. Uh, I love the Logies, yes. uh, and uh, so I'm thrilled to be joining you for this. Well, thank you. There was a lot of people uh, at the Logies last night who, going into it, probably didn't love the Logies, but after a few visits to the toilet, probably loved the Logies more <laughs> than they're willing to admit. Do you think that's still true? Do you think they're still, uh, they're still snorting things off the, off the porcelain uh, <laughs> during the, uh, you know, the, the Logies uh, uh, ad breaks during those promos for... Uh, uh, whatever it is, Rano Rumble. <laughs> this entire podcast is allegation, so I want to put that up front. Sorry. Anything that we say that happens in that, this podcast allegedly yes. happened. Yeah, um, years ago. Now years that we've ago. said that, guaranteed <laughs> they are still going to the toilets and sniffing coke off a TV Week Logie Awards invitation. It's one just of, yeah. the done thing. One of the exciting things about having uh, worked a little bit in, in television now is is getting – basically whenever I meet anyone – uh, who works in TV, one of the first things I ask them is, have you been to the Logies? And please tell me everything. And <laughs> I, I've just heard wonderful stories of, uh, I mean, and they're just like, and I feel bad like now that I can't name names, but, you know, walking in on certain, you know, high-profile Australian entertainers in the bathrooms, in the middle of various activities. Uh, I've heard stories about uh, a couple of um, soap starlets from about 20 years ago having some sort of... Um, uh, kind of sexual activity in front a of a large, uh, yeah, in front of a large crowd of people. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard amazing stories. But <laughs> it sounds very boogie nights meets That's it. Um, television cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Australia's answer to the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> oh my god! If that's as good as the Playboy Mansion gets, then I'm really giving up on porn. <laughs> yeah. Mark, yeah. what what's your overall view of uh, last night's Logies? What did you make of it? I'd say not the worst one ever. Uh, <laughs> so that's a start. I think, and I think, I think as a result, I was quite disappointed. I think the Logies only look. I, I want them to be at either end of the spectrum. Yes. I want them to be anarchic and 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 funny and wild, like a, like the McAuliffe or the Denton years. Or I want them to be. I won't name names, but I, I want them to be, actually. I'll name one name: the Don Lane. Like 1981, uh, I think it was 81. Uh, it's around that. Actually, sorry, I'm, sorry, 87. I think it is from memory. <laughs> um, and uh, 
yeah, where like mics aren't working and the cameras aren't where they're supposed to be. And Don comes in one line too late on the song, which means that when he then throws to Denise Drysdale, she, they've already passed the bit of the song that she was supposed to do, which means the camera has to jump over her to Daryl, who then smashes a champagne bottle over his head and the camera goes to Carrie Ann and the whole thing's a big mess. Uh, so last night did not live up to that. Uh, it was just a kind of solid show. I mean, it was, you know, had weak bits along the way and I think it was fairly unambitious. Um, so, yeah, they played it safe and so you got a kind of safe result, I think. Yeah, and uh, I think you're right. We don't, well, we strive for mediocrity in the Australian media, so perhaps last night we managed to achieve it. But I think the <laughs> fact that it was live meant that there was a rare energy in the room that we haven't seen at the Logies for a number of years, simply for the fact that everyone that was presenting and on stage and stuff knew that if they were to stuff it up, uh, it's just going to air and there's no saving it even in a, a short-term temporary edit, is there? Yeah, well, that was nice that, that nice uh, to have that moment like with Julia Morris presenting yes. the, uh, uh, what was it, most... Most outstanding, outstanding Hamish and Andy, I think. <laughs> That's it, because because the nominees were Hamish and Andy, uh, uh, and just and just individual countries that they've been to. That was the, <laughs> That's the, right. uh, the uh, yeah. So uh, where she announced the winner without actually announcing the nominees, and and then that whole thing kind of played out quite well. I really loved when she then finally did read the nominees out, having already announced the winner, and when she read the checkout. Uh, Kudos to whoever had the camera on Julian Morrow uh, as he yes. had his uh, as he was crossing his fingers hoping for that win. So I thought that that made you know for good TV. Um, so there's been I, some I, excellent. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say there's been some excellent uh, follow up to that. Julian Morris, of course, has done the rounds of all of the the nine breakfast morning shows, having to explain herself hilariously. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, an excerpt of that appeared in a News Limited article where she said she got all flustered because she looked down from the stage and Ricky. Martin was sitting in her seat uh, at the table <laughs> while she was presenting and uh, looked at him and went, oh, Mama's going to be back there any minute uh, and looked up and thought, oh, hang on, I've been staring at him for too long. I need to now read the winner. Um, and so her recovery was just to dive straight in because she didn't quite know where she was up to. Ricky Martin would have to be the world's most expensive seat warmer. Um, but reasonable. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's working in Australia, isn't he? Nine have uh, got to get their money out of him. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, Ricky. Just while you're here, mate, uh, we just got a few odd jobs for you. Uh, yeah, could you just help us uh, renovate this bathroom for this new show we're doing? Um, <laughs> Logie's fact: seat oh, warmers please. are not allowed to talk to the other people at the table. Amazing. That's wow. It's 2015. Dear me, that really sums it up, doesn't it? That feels like a that feels like a rule that like Daryl Summers imposed. <laughs> it feels like, I feel like I feel like a seat warmer said something to him about hey hey 25 years ago. And he's like, that's it. Where's the EP? Excuse me. <laughs> Daryl's walked out to the truck mid-broadcast and gone, yeah. I can't that's... be talking to yeah. just nobodies. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'd like to trade in my gold Logie for whatever privileges that, that entails. Yeah, I want this man fired. <laughs> um, I'm sure Daryl isn't like that. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's, I'm sure much, he's worse. much worse. Yeah, that's <laughs> walk straight into that. Now, Mark, there's so much to cover because there really was a whole lot of business going on as a part of the Logies. I think it's fair, though, um, and for those that are just tuning into the podcast, it's only just finished. Um, the Logies <laughs> yes. have been running this long that they've just finished now, so we can talk to you about it. Um, I had to camp out, you know, yeah, that's, that's, I basically had a little tent set up just to, to get me through the, uh, the all-night Logies. 
it was like there was some eye device available at the end of it that it's it's managed to keep us going. Um, starting the night with the red carpet again, uh, hosted uh, by Jules Lund in his tenth year doing it for Channel Nine for some godforsaken reason, and uh, Shelley and, Craft. And doesn't it feel like ten years uh, <laughs> every yeah. day of it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well done for holding on to that job for 10 years. That's, that's, that's quite an achievement. Uh, <laughs> I just don't know what that whole thing adds to anyone's... I guess people enjoy it. I guess people like looking at pretty dresses. It's not me. I, I mean, you certainly don't tune in for the, the conversations. I mean, it's no enough oh, rope. God. Um, it's, it's appalling. Yeah. Right? It, it's all about the fashion, no question, and about the standard question of who are you wearing. Now, we have been lucky the last few years that it's been a very, let's call it, tightly edited package um, uh, of the highlights such that they are of the red carpet. Some of the highlights that we saw last night, uh, Mark, included uh, Jules Lund introducing one of the star performers of the night, American Megan Trainer, uh, saying that she'd won two Grammys and she turned to him immediately and went, oh, bless you, no, I was only nominated. Oh, God. So not only I... did he introduce her, but he didn't know the core fact of her. Oh, geez. I remember that at the Oscars this year, I think, I think it was Richard Wilkins who asked someone, um, oh, yeah, you know, it was some country singer. I was like, oh, and, uh, and you're here. That's, that's terrific. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing at the Oscars tonight? He's like, I'm nominated for best song. Like, oh, jeez, <laughs> ah. come on. Just there, there are a few rules to doing a red carpet. One of them is know who the nominees are. Yeah. <laughs> when you're at well, an award ceremony, that's mm. core business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, yeah, God, if does anyone know who anyone is on the red carpet? Uh, well, at the I'm league? not sure, and it, it was made worse by one of the bits of funny business that they got people on the red carpet to do was they presented them with headshots of the six gold Logie nominees and got them to you know ask them you know who do you think will win the gold? Now, of course, they probably got a whole bunch of people to do that. They only edited down and got the best ones uh, to run to air. And uh, apart from, you know, oh, someone saying, oh, Carrie Bickmore, Scott Cam, you know, Andy Lee's going to win it, whatever, whatever. Uh, it then cut to poor Megan Trainer, who is, they've got a long shot of her, right? Not just a tight sort of head and shoulders like everyone else. They've got a shot of her in a dress, standing there holding a picture of, I think it was Andy Lee, looking at the camera goes, this guy? <laughs> oh, God, poor, these poor bastards who come over from... From the cross the seas to perform at this two-bit second-rate Antipodean luncheon <laughs> show and tell, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, that said, I, I felt bad for the countless Australian performers who were overlooked for to uh, to do that. But I, I, I did miss that we didn't have a second-tier American actor come <laughs> and present something because I like in years gone by, and I can't even name these people. It's like, oh, it's that guy from The Pretender. Mm. Um, or the I guy mean, from NCIS. Yeah, I remember years and years ago, this is the example that I love to cite because I do talk about the Logies fairly often in just regular <laughs> conversation, is, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, from Murphy Brown, it's Grant Shord. <laughs> it's just a name that you just don't hear anymore. He uh, was the one with glasses with he was, the he was, he was He was Miles... Silverman, I think, was the name of his... Silverberg, maybe? Oh, look, with, um, a, with a name like Grant Schold, you'd have to play some kind of Jewish someone. That's it. So, yes, he was the guy with the glasses uh, who ended up marrying uh, Corky, I think Yuck. that was his... Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, 
I'll say that. Um, <laughs> the other thing that disturbed me, and look, Shelley Craft didn't dive into this so much because she was basically who are you wearing? You look beautiful. Um, mm. Was uh, Jules Lund? He, he's been doing this for ten years. He's been working in media way longer than this. He'll get it right one year. Don't worry. They'll, he'll keep trying. Um, he still doesn't know how to ask a question. No, no, he's a big uh, he's he's a big supporter of the uh, give the, the statement that goes up at the end. The, That's right. Uh, a statement is a question. An example, I think, from one of them was, uh, "So you're looking lovely tonight." Yeah, I think yes. And um, uh, oh, it's going to be an exciting night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I'm not I guess. quite sure. I'll take your word for it, Jules. Yeah, um, there was craziness as well. Of course, Twitter can't be extricated from these kinds of things anymore. Social media is across all uh, of your uh, your big television events. Twitter, for example, last night chose to launch the Twitter TV AU account. If you choose to follow them, you can hear everything that Tony Broderick does because he tweets it on his account anyway. Why we need a separate one, I'm not quite sure. Um, but one of the things that they did was they had a, a, a GIF chamber, which had, I guess it was an iPad that, you know, people crowded in, they pressed a button and it took, I think it was four or five shots, not immediately sequentially, but separated by a couple of seconds so that then when they animated it together and could post it automatically, it meant that the animated GIF that they posted kind of looked like they were stilted and robots, but not. it was, a, it was so poorly done. I mean, great idea, poorly executed. Hang on, are you saying that Australian television personalities look like robots? I'm, That's, I'm this is awkward. Wow, this is something. <laughs> Through the looking glass here, people. But it, 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 a prime example, they launched it on the Today Show last week and it was... Carl and Lisa and Richard Wilkins and Sylvia Jeffries all sort of walking up to it and not really, it was kind of like that moment when you put um, uh, some new thing in the middle of a large opening in the African rainforest and the apes come out of the jungle and just aren't quite sure what it is. So they poke at it and then they step back about three steps and they run in again. It was that kind of simian technology moment yeah and then they end up using it as like a like a like a tv tape like dining tray or something they don't really get what it's about yeah um when it yeah. was very clearly uh a, a, a stable table yeah exactly sorry stable table is the is the correct term that i was looking for thank you very much it's been too many years since i watched dan oz direct um <laughs> but uh yeah no i didn't get the point of that did anyone care did there any yeah i don't know just another piece of. I mean, to me, it's like the the cricket. Like, I don't know if they still do it, but it's, you know how each year there was like hot spot or uh, sound bite or I'm making these names up now. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you know, the Ripper uh, Reader, sponsored yeah. by Eda Margarine, was my favourite. <laughs> I didn't know that one. Uh, so then, yeah, I just feel like this is just that like, the latest thing. I, I'm going to call it right now. This GIF machine. We're not going to see it next year. Oh, wow. Controversial. Yeah. After the Twitter mirror to move to the the GIF machine, um, who knows what other enhancements Twitter have on existing technology. Um, I don't know fashion, Mark. Not for the life of me do I understand how fashion works. I know. what With a a body like this, um, (laughs) it's built for television. The the <laughs> sorry, built by television, Thank not you. for television. I always get that mixed up. Um, I, I don't understand how it works, and so consequently, my red carpet coverage is always. She looks pretty. That's sure. that's about the size of it. Um, though I do want to give massive props 
to whichever designing committee or the designers or, or if it's Alex Perry sent out a memo or paged everyone and said, let's all have a meeting uh, and, and talk about this. But cleavage is always in at the Logies. That's it. Massive props were on display last night. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, I, it was. It did seem like a weirdly kind of like yeah. It, it seemed like there'd have been a memo that had passed, been passed around because they all had a kind of matching window. Um, uh, yeah, which uh, you know, okay. I'm not, that's... I'm not so sure. I'm a fan of the lift and separate though, which was very much what was on display last that's night. That's a very you know? good description. That's Plunging right. necklines that go to the belly button, and instead of having a thigh gap, it's now a breast gap. I'm a big fan of the together and, you know, give us a, a very clear credit card swipe thing. I feel if there's going to be a gap, you, you, you should throw some jewellery in there. there yes, should be, highlight should be a it. Henna, a henna tattoo, I don't know. But, um, yeah, let me look if that's how they want to, to, to dress, sure. But it, it just did seem, it, it seemed like quite a lot. And maybe that's okay, that's no, there's no judgment. That's if, that's, if they feel, you know, good about that, then that's great. But uh, it was, uh, for younger viewers... I think a few a few boys became men last night. Yeah, very clearly there was some tough gigs uh, on display, particularly for Shane Jacobson, who we'll talk about a little bit later, when he had to bounce between Carrie Bickmore and Asha Ketty, who were both wearing uh, these lift and separate dresses. Um, it, it, it was eyes on the prize, Shane. You've really got to concentrate where you're looking when you're in yes. these ladies. Particularly yes, when right. he was standing over, I think, Asha, uh, and he's sort of like above her holding the mic to, to talk to her. Um, it, mm. it got, yeah, very delicate. Oh, and I'm sure she didn't know where to look either. I mean, you know. It's, Jacobson's it old goes, man. Yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah. Um, the thing that probably punctuated the night before it even really got underway was talk of the Seven Network largely boycotting uh, the Logies. Now, this is an interesting <laughs> year for them to choose to do that. Not only did they cancel their after Logies party and told their uh, peons to go to whatever party they could get into. But then uh, Michael Pell, the uh, EP of Sunrise, and Sarah Stinson, his co-EP of uh, The Morning Show, uh, basically said, we're not sending our people down to, to be at the Logies. There's no point. After all, there's much more uh, important things that we should be covering um, and doing. Now, that just sounds like the, the talk of a petulant little child. Yeah, let's now return to our 24-hour rolling coverage of the Royal Baby. Yes, uh, punctuated yeah. by some crosses to Nepal where one of our network stars went over to try and find his brother who conveniently he found just at the culmination of the Sunday night story that was on. Uh, yes, I think, you know, I think each major disaster from now on we should send, you know, next time there's a you know, terrorist attack, let's see what the cast of winners and losers have to say about it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, sorry. Anyway, I'm glad that he found his brother. Winners uh, and losers assemble. <laughs> yes, <I see> <laughs> yeah, terrific. Um, yeah, Channel Seven boycott. Well, yeah, I've, it, that sent ripples through the industry. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting for Michael Pell to say, "Oh no, no, we're not," because normally they, like Nine, broadcast the next morning's breakfast show, Sunrise, from a rooftop somewhere in Melbourne, and it's all a very big deal, and they have, you know, the gold logie winner traipsed through and all of that sort of stuff. This year that didn't happen. However, Michael Pell still found time to attend the logies himself um, alongside weather girl Edwina Bartholomew uh, and Mark Beretta, who had to ride himself into Melbourne. (laughs) Had to ride himself? Well, he was on the tour to whatever it was. Oh, right. I see. 
Sorry. I thought he was some sort of sexual contortionist. Yeah. Uh, Ron okay. Jeremy, eat your heart out. Yeah. 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 You're watching uh, Barrett's Triple X. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what that means. Uh, it's a, Well, I'm guessing it's some sort of... Okay, you, you get the pick. Let's move on. Okay. Yes. So all of that still happened, and this was the night that uh, the Home and Away was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, it's the fourth show to be inducted into the uh, the Logies, joining Neighbours Before It and uh, Play School and Four Corners. Mm. I, I think, look, it's a tough thing, isn't it? When you're inducting a show, it almost feels like we're giving up. Uh, or we've already filled it with too many important people. Now, that in itself would be fair, Mark, if it wasn't for the fact that only one woman has been ever uh, inducted in herself, and that's Ruth Cracknell. There are no other ladies of their own uh, standing in the Hall of Fame. Yes. I mean, the Hall of Fame is a bit of a funny thing, really. I mean, it's, firstly, I find it a bit weird inducting a show in the first place. Um and just in terms of the thing about the, yeah, yes, absolutely, there, sh- there should be more women recognised. I would just say that if you look at the, a lot of the names in recent years of the men that were recognised is that many of them had either died or fallen off a ladder. <laughs> so uh, that was, you know, which, which sort of, you know, that's a real boon if you want to get into that Hall of Fame. Uh, some sort of, uh, you know, dangerous activity or possibly resulting in death is, is, you know, it was certainly, you know, it pushes you up, you know, the queue a little bit. Um, Without wanting to be disrespectful too, that is how it happened. They died and then fell off the ladder, not the other way around. <laughs> no. Uh, so I think we'll get there. Uh, I mean, look, it was great to see Carrie Ann presenting and I think, you know, she'll get recognised at some point. The funny thing about like someone like Carrie Ann, because that, that's a name that's sort of thrown about as someone mm. that should be in the Hall of Fame, is that Carrie Ann, there's no, there's no sort of individual, this is speaking from my perspective, obviously, I don't think there's any ind- individual thing that you'd say, oh, Carrie Ann was so great on mornings or, oh, Carrie Ann mm-hmm. deserves a Logie for the midday show. There's nothing like, you kind of go, okay, collectively, I guess it's all right, but I think, you know, I was reading a BuzzFeed article saying, how, can all, how is it possible that all these people have a Logie and Carrie Ann doesn't? And it's like, well, which show should she have got a Logie for? Mm. Because I don't feel like there was ever something that you went, man, yeah, this is Carrie Ann's year. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but like I say, long, longevity and, you know, uh, if that's enough, then, yeah, absolutely, hopefully see her in, in the Hall of Fame. Well, there's some interesting stuff around that. I mean, Denise Scott... Uh, who presented, I think, the first award, uh, made a very, very funny gag about how she walked into the male toilets at the start of the night and thought she'd walked into the Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> a wonderful little aside from her. Beyond that, though, I thought, you're right, Carrie Ann um, you know, was a part of the logo. She came out to present the gold along with Kate Ritchie and someone else who I've already forgotten. Um, interesting <laughs> to say that Carrie Ann should be recognised. The amount of people on Twitter that went, who is that lady on the end oh. uh, was oh. pretty large. <laughs> Additionally, there was some suggestion that perhaps everything above the neck was about 30 years younger than everything below. <laughs> well, if that is true, I thought that I thought it came together pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to her alleged surgeon. Now, yeah, Bert Newton sure. normally gets to hold that, that moment where he comes out, has five minutes of excellent business, delivers it to the audience, slays them, presents the gold logie and shuffles off with a very large check. Now, he was working uh, as a part of the Rocky Horror live theatre production this year, so he wasn't available, thus the ladies came out to present it. Um, if, if you want, and this ties in with the, the Hall of Fame really nicely, Bert was inducted in 1988 
very fitting when you consider that that was our bicentennial year and uh, that that was really the centenary of his career. Um, we, <laughs> we we probably need to to take into account though when that happened he'd uh, you know he wasn't working on television his job at nine I think had finished up the year before uh, he was a little bit and and quite acrimoniously it hadn't gone down well so I'll drop onto the end of this podcast for those that are interested Mark yourself or and even just my entertainment I'll put on <laughs> Bert's speech for his Hall of Fame induction from 1988 it's been dug up by Daniel G. Uh, a friend of the show, it is a cracking lesson on how to be polite and smiling and deliver some of the most pithy and venom-filled thank yous I've ever heard. It is delightful. I I can't wait. I'm I'm ashamed to say I'm not familiar with this speech, so I'm I'm looking forward to to hearing that. Um, God, yeah, but it's just... I was hoping that maybe Bert would make a cameo last night because we saw... uh, Patty and Lauren in the audience, but, uh, uh, you know, anyone in Sydney should go see... Well, I was going to say they should go see the Rocky Horror Show. I don't think that's actually true, but go, go see it for Bert, maybe. <laughs> go and see it after you've seen Daryl in Hot Shoe Shuffle or whatever. Yeah, you. yes. I, I, Broody I, Hill RSL or something. Somewhere, I think, Black, Bankstown or Blacktown, I can't remember. It's just finished its run, sadly. I missed oh. it. Um, I was keen to go, but I, I, I just didn't, couldn't, couldn't quite get the dates right. How um, disappointing. I can't even finish that. Um, <laughs> Now, as far as Home and Away being inducted into the Hall of Fame, Mark, feelings, apart from the fact that it's a television show, it is fairly iconic. I was hoping that they would do something. Now, I might be wrong. I wonder if you can remember this. Uh, I was hoping that since they were inducting Home and Away that they might do what they did with Neighbours a few years ago where I think they did a really shitty musical number. Mm. Um, and I, last night could have done with a few more of those. So I Oh, yes. That- no, they absolutely they could have done with a few more of them. Though I will offer the thing that they did do really well in the Logies this year was horrible flashbacks to people's past careers, uh, which included Asha Ketty performing on I think it was Young Talent Time, mm. uh, and then also Dave Hughes offering up his own one of his first performances uh, on Neighbours about yeah, so- twenty years ago. At least he volunteered that. I felt with I felt Asher Kitty. It seemed there seemed something vaguely cruel about it, but um, yeah, that was but yeah, good good uh, good old footage. But uh, yeah, oh, no the, question a producer got fired for that. <laughs> Daryl got him fired. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder if he still goes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, home and away. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, sure. I, I don't really I don't see the point in inducting a TV show, but. Uh, but look, credit to it, it, its longevity is actually remarkable because I always think every five or six years, I think, well, surely the next generation coming up of school kids are just not going to buy into this. They're just going to go, oh, no, that was, that's old hat. That's not, mm. you know, because you know how kids say old hat. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, but to the, the credit of the producers and the writers and, the, you know, the whole team, somehow they do manage to make it relevant for, for new audiences. So... Yeah, I think that is actually really, uh, you know, a great achievement. But Hall of Fame, uh, yeah, we could have done with something else. Yeah. Oh, well, look, here we are. I mean, there's, there's a list of women that we could throw in that should be put into the Hall of Fame. And I know that their rule is only one person a year. So uh, expect uh, an avalanche of boobs being added to the Hall of Fame, one would hope, over the coming years. I mean, people like Yana Vent, Noni Hazelhurst, uh, yeah. Dennis Drysdale, um, Nolene Brown. There is a whole number of ladies that sh- could and should be joining that. 
Yeah, Noni, I think out of those, especially my vote is absolutely would go to Noni Hazelhurst, who's just had incredible, uh, you know, variety in, in her career. Mm. And it's been, I mean, I think it's that funny thing when you grow up watching Play School and you know her from that and then finding out. Oh, Benita Collies. I mean, uh, sure, she's mm. in there as part of Play School. Why is Benita not uh, in the Logies Hall of Fame? Mm, yeah, completely. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd endorse that. Uh, yeah, the, look, I'm sure, I'm sure the Logies, of whoever's in charge of that decision, I wonder, we, I don't know how it works, there's some sort of panel or something, but I'm sure they would have taken that on board. I'm sure they- whatever 26-year-old editor uh, is in charge of the TV week that year gets to pick their favourite whatever to go into <laughs> it um, with completely zero understanding of the, the television industry. Well, that's the thing. I think TV week and Home and Away have a symbiotic relationship, so they kind of need to support each other uh so tv week is dependent on home and away success and uh, home and away to a certain extent is, is dependent well, on tv week. that's all tv week is now is just this week on home and away this week on neighbors here's a very out of date tv guide i just can't even imagine what the uh, no i shouldn't bag it out I'm, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of people find it um indispensable but one uh, of those numbers is correct not both in that order <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> good luck. Such are the shrinking circulation rates for TV Week. Now, Mark, yes. in the same way as fashion, I have no idea when it comes to fashion, but I like boobs. Um, uh, I don't understand staging necessarily. I like pretty things. I like when they have the muted lights behind the things and they go up and down in the movie swirly stuff. Uh, but a feature of this year's uh, Logie's uh, accoutrement uh, hanging from the ceiling was, look, the only way to describe this was the cloth anus. The, the what? It is a large circle of cloth draped from the ceiling that could be confused for being a donut. I have to say, <laughs> it looked more like an anus. Uh, how, did I miss, <laughs> how did I miss this? Look, it's Hang really on. easy to find. People jump onto social media, particularly Twitter. Look up the hashtag? hashtag cloth anus. Of course. And uh, you'll see. Now, I didn't get a picture of it when it was pink. Somebody did actually manage to tweet it when it was pink and it looks delightful. I look, my picture that I've tweeted uh, makes, it's a bit bluey black kind of, almost like a battered and bruised one, probably associating with a lot of the actors in the room, how they feel about the way the I, networks I, treat I, them. I think I saw, I, I'm looking at it now and you're right, it is a cloth anus. I think I saw a battered and bruised one like that on, uh, I think it was called Barrett's Triple X. But <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, okay, I'll give you that. Cloth, yeah, check that out. I don't know what that is. Yes, cloth anus. There's too um, much going it, on. Yeah. I'd like to think it's some sort of jellyfish or something, but no, it's it's uh, yeah, call a hole a hole. Yeah. What's the what's the creative meeting behind that? I mean, fair enough, you've got a lighting guy, you know, setting up the designing the lights and the staging person. Oh, this, this, this. What person looks up and goes, you know what the ceiling needs? An anus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to think because because it, it's symbolic because everything underneath it, of course, is shit. Um, <laughs> so that's uh, I think it actually there's a deeper meaning to it. Yeah, it's almost like a Ken Adam kind of Bond, James classic Bond set with a sort of circle in the sky. Maybe yeah, we've got okay. and maybe we've got an insight into what will become ultimately the Logie centipede. <laughs> There we go. This is the start of. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, now, right. let, let's let's push through. Um, mm. If I can use that, um, let, please phrase. Push, push through the anus. Yes. Um, now, the in memoriam segment is always something that uh, raises some ire, either because 
people get left out or something, something. Now, I, I legitimately was was upset, not angry, but it always disturbs me when it's turned into a, a, a like a, a favoritism competition. Mm. Um, when like, okay, let's show uh, the in memoriam segment. And there was a lovely, probably three minute package for Richie Benno, understandably for nine. And it's still so recent to his passing. So fair enough. He gets first dibs, but then when they rolled the entire package, it was great. Harpist singing, playing things, candles spread out across the stage, like a minefield, um, which I'm sure that was what it was like for the harpist trying to leave. That dress is very flammable. Um, but as they played it, it was, it started very solemnly. No one applauded. I thought, great, we're going to get a year when that happens. And then all of a sudden someone pops up and you just hear people go, <laughs> trying to like, mm. yes, you should all be applauding for this person. When in mm. real life, no, you don't applaud the dead. You wait until the end and then respectfully go, yes, that was lovely. We miss those people. Yeah. Not, that's my favourite. Yes, I think, I think whoever was in charge of the cleavage dresses should have also said, let's have no applause on the uh, on the in memoriam section, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. I think also like because I'm not, I can't be certain, but I imagine that the Logies audience is largely quite a young audience, and uh, you wouldn't necessarily, even though it's industry people, the, you know, the younger ones wouldn't necessarily know, you know, some you know camera operator or director from you know, 30 years ago. And so oh, it's ages. sort of... Who knows them except for people in the industry? Right. So it's sort of the final in, indignity to, to, you know, appear at the Logies and receive no applause. Um, it wasn't yeah. enough that you died and fell off a ladder. It's that now no one's applauding <laughs> That's for That's it. You. No Hall of Fame, no applause. Just ladder. Um, yeah, that's, that's that is unfortunate. Yeah, there was another uh, another attached controversy to that, Mark, though, and that was that the font and the size of the writing that they used to identify who the people were on television was hard enough to make out and to discern. Mm. But they were saying in the room because it was on a screen that was at the back of the stage, it was near impossible um, if you didn't know who the person was to be able to read their name and what they did. Uh, and then, of course, in the television coverage, they would cut away and do a long shot or sweep around the auditorium, and you couldn't read it then. <laughs> What's the point of that? Yeah, I get. Well, I, I just imagine that most people in the audience are just trying to think about, you know, uh, yeah, how they're going to get laid that night. So they're not necessarily <laughs> bothered about font. Um, I don't All know. I know <laughs> is that some guy called Stuart Wogstiff passed away. Hey, and I don't know what he did. You do know. You know very well what Stuart Wagstaff did. No, Wogstiff. You're confusing him. Okay. He's, uh, he's Nick Giannopoulos' friend, is he? That, I'm they? sure that's what the that's, screen told me his name was. He had a great role on Acropolis now. Um, the yeah, insight is now we, we all have friends, uh, let's call them that, that go to the Logies Mark, or at least you mm. and I both do. Um, yeah. I, I had a friend who was inside the room last night. She was uh, filling me in on some of the business. Now, Michael Pope, one of the, the best warm-up guys in the business was responsible again for trying to hold together what happens at the Logies and God keep the people together. Um, I've heard he's very good at that. Uh, well, he's the poor guy that the past few years has had to go, now everyone take out your phones, turn them off, no tweeting or you'll spoil it for everyone. Um, right. There's mm-hmm. no good way of saying that without acting like you're a year one school teacher. Um, Mm. One of the things, however, the directives that came from the production was that he had to tell them, now when the cameras are rolling, no one should be seen drinking alcohol. 
Oh, okay. Because we can't be seen to endorse this. Now, this then popped up. Of course, that was going to just get kicked to the curb as quickly as possible. But it again popped up when uh, Hamish and Andy were being interviewed by Shane Jacobson for their gold Logie moment. And uh, Hamish is sculling a glass of wine and Andy's got a beer front and centre and Shane's sort of, they're having a swig of them. And Shane's going, oh, of course, we don't, uh, uh, we don't endorse uh, the excessive consumption of alcohol. <laughs> Bullshit, oh. Shane. That's all the Logies is about. Yes, that's, yes, right. And, oh, okay, great. Yes. I mean, what time is that? Is it the timing thing? Like, is it before 9.30 you can't show? How does that work? Is that what it is? I, oh, is look, it... I think in part because the Logies is one long broadcast, um, if it starts in a PG-rated time slot, the program, by and, all, ah. by and large, needs to be PG the entire run. If oh, it right. finished and they ran credits and then started it again, uh, or officially broke and said, no, no, this is not the Logies, this is the Logies Late Show, then because it's starting in an M-rated time slot, it changes it all again. Well, I think they should do that because surely Channel 9 and the commercial networks are the kings of, oh, hang on, we've got, we've got this uh, one-hour show and we want to get the maximum ratings for it. So, uh, okay, well, we've got the... Uh, uh, we d- we're going to divide the, the, the finale up into, uh, you know, uh, the, the red carpet and into the, you know how, like, I feel like MasterChef finals actually are three different shows. Yes, uh, the finals, the, uh, the, the grand final, and then the winner announced or something. Yeah, ex- like precisely, that. exactly. So let's, let's do that with the Logies so that, uh, so that people can uh, just have a drink with, 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 without having to, you know. Uh, pixelate uh, uh, the the beverage. Would they should be, uh, just okay. break it into half an hour slots and uh, mm. run the program as eight separate shows, all yeah. called the Logies, but Logies, the first half hour, uh, yeah. and tune into the bits that you want. It would help them with the ratings against My Kitchen Rules. You know what? What if the whole show was just half an hour? That's I think that 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 would solve a lot of the problems. Oh, look! Just it reminds to- me very clearly. Andrew Denton hosted the forty second. Uh, Logie Awards uh, to much aplomb and uh, understandably many, many plaudits. His opening line was, welcome to the 42nd Logie Awards and don't we wish it only ran that long. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe they should employ a sort of, uh, get tw- you know, get, instead of Twitter coming up with the uh, GIF machines, uh, have them impose some, you know, 140 character uh, limit on the speeches and especially that bloody banter. I mean, all that... <sighs> All that awful patter, and I, I just, especially uh, with Jen Hawkins and um, Chris Brown, Do- Dr. Chris Brown, my, my better-looking doppelganger. Your nemesis. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I did audience warm-up on the Bondi, on the, the living room once, and um, yes, I was made to feel uh, significantly less handsome. But anyway, it's not the end of it. And that was just yeah. by Amanda Keller. Yes. Oh, yeah. And don't you wouldn't believe what... Uh, was it Baz and Baz. Uh, and uh, Miguel said? But anyway, uh, hurtful, Mark. <laughs> it's hurtful. Yeah, it, where were we going with this? Uh, yeah, scrap the logies. Is that what we were saying? Yeah, Pretty much. Was, yeah. There, there was a number of. We need to highlight a few individual performances through the night because I think, along with Chris Brown and Jen Hawkins, that was fairly tragic. Julia Morris did a wonderful job. Hamish and Andy's rose ceremony that they performed as a part of the. Uh, uh, most popular reality program. That was a lot of fun, if only to see uh, Manu Fidel from My Kitchen Rules and Hamish share a fairly steamy moment over a rose. Yeah, um, I think all of those things were fun. Well, most of them were fine. The, 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 the Hawkins and, and Chris Brown thing, I think I'm going to go and look at again forensically um, <laughs> just, to, just to see what, what happened. I just felt terrible for them because they came out and you can hear... 
you can hear cutlery. You can hear people mm. scraping plates and just like so. Yeah, the, the audience was not on their side. But um, oh, yeah, Julian Morris. I was going to yeah. say the insider also told me. I don't know if anyone noticed, but there were moments of the evening where uh, the presenters were all carrying cue cards. Uh, apparently, the auto cue was in and out last night and not working properly at all. Oh right, okay, sure. Well, that's that's the logies I've come to expect. That's a, that's, if I'd known that, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, the thing that yeah. was disappointing about the Hamish and Andy Rose ceremony was that it was cutting the six big reality shows down to the five nominees that we already knew. Mm. So it was really just about a punt at, at The Bachelor and Blake Garvey's expense. Which, to be fair, if they're making fun of you, then you've probably made it pop culture wise. Um, yeah. That. All of that then, they then went to the package of the nominees are when it could have just been, no, no, do the rose ceremony so that we find out the winner. Yes, that would have been much more entertaining. I absolutely would have been on board for that because this is the problem with most of the thing. It was just too long. And they could have cut the announcement across an ad break, which would have been perfect. Right. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Um, yeah. After you saw, because you saw all the contests, all the different shows, you don't need to then see the sizzle reel for for all of them. And yeah, that was just my main thing across the night. Just, just cut, cut, cut. Just, you know, the, the, the scripts, the scripts for all that banter were. I mean, I'm guessing they were written. I don't know. I, I hate to think that they were. Well, well you'd, I, have to hope, you'd hope that some of them were. I, I don't know. Yeah necessarily that all of them were some of them i think would have been left in the hands of professionals others people might have chosen to go on off script and mm. uh, wing it which is uh <laughs> perfect logie's death as far as i'm concerned did you ever see it was the uh i think it was the golden uh, might girls? Have been the it was yeah. yes did you ever see the golden girls and specifically <laughs> did you see the spin-off the golden palace uh no my <laughs> yes. question is, is my question is about i think it was the emmys it was about 2004 and they decided that the hosts should be all the reality hosts uh, at the time in, in the states, and so I they think got. So, yes. Do you remember this? So they got Tom Bergeron, who I think was doing Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Howie Mandel, well, I think he was doing uh, Deal or No Deal, maybe. Uh, uh, Heidi Klum. Yep. And Probst. Ro- and Probst and Ryan Seacrest. It was yep. the five of them all hosting together. And then it's like, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host. Blah, blah. And they come out and their opening bit was about how they hadn't managed to come up with an opening bit. Mm. And it was just, oh, death. it was the absolute death. death. And, you know, some of them try, like Harry Mandel was, you know, given it all he had. But like, I think uh, Tom Bergeron just wanted to crawl into a hole and yeah, die. Yeah, he had nothing. <laughs> so that's Bergeron. worth Bergeron. That is worth looking up. Yeah, uh, look, there's, this is a great time of the year because it does prompt people to go looking for all sorts of things uh, on YouTube as far as Logie's moments. And there are some absolute crackers out there, um, not least of which is Andrew Denton sitting on James Packer's knee pretending mm. to be a, a mannequin, and that's pretty funny. Um, you, it's good that you point out the hosting thing, Mark, because, again, uh, not only was it live, as we said, but they've gone again with the fact that there's no one core host. You know, they've spread the hosting presenting responsibilities across a number of plates, which makes it easy to spread the blame. Um, But it does make the hardest job in Australian television no longer hosting the Logies, but rather that opening comedic 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, And new member of the Nine family, Dave Hughes, did it, I thought, with... Uh, did a pretty good job of it. I thought there were some great gags. Yeah, very good job. And I think that was the last time that night that anyone was listening to the person on stage. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I thought he did. I think he did very, very well. There's one, one joke which I felt was punching down slightly to people that uh, a joke about people who go to Crown Casino, but that whole uh, Packer Ginjal mm. bit was strong, and uh, you know, look, I think he, very likable, and uh, yeah, a really solid start to the show. And I just sort of thought, like, that's a good start. Just keep him around for the rest of it. I just, I wish they would commit to a host. I know that. Yeah, it's a poison chalice and no one wants to do it. But I, well, I just, <laughs> when you get someone like a McAuliffe or a Denton who has a sort of vision for the overall show, yes. that's, um, it can be fireworks. It can be absolutely fantastic. And, and, you know. And someone that's allowed to bring in a writing team yes. know, to measure it with what they want to work with. Because there's no expectation that Andrew Denton and Sean McAuliffe write it all themselves. Mm. They have the people that they work with and they develop writing, this will do this business and let's try this idea and, uh, you know, all of those kinds of things. I mean, one of the great just passing gags that Sean McAuliffe did was the camera cuts to him backstage uh, as he's introduced to come out and, and, you know, discuss something after an ad break. And he's just standing behind the flat. And as he walks forward, he kicks over one of those fold-up card tables that's just got a bunch of logies on it. <laughs> yes. And they scatter across the stage. <laughs> he walks out, kicks a couple of them back in behind as if nothing had happened. And yeah. uh, gets on with the show. It, it was yeah. a complete perfect sight gag. No yeah. mention of it, just gets on with it. Yes, completely. And I think also not having a host means there tends not to be any kind of callbacks or references to anything that's happened in the night. So everything sort of feels um, very kind of disjointed. There's not a kind of overall cohesion to, yeah, to the Yeah, short evening. of a very attentive comedian who's on later in the evening who hmm. is going to go, oh, hey, that bit that happened back then, I can launch... I've got a line that'll play off that and, and help, you know, keep this thing together because otherwise mm. it is just lots of disparate people talking about stuff where the only thing in common is the word Logie. Yeah, I thought it was that's why I thought it was a bit strange that David Hughes did uh, his bit about um, Carl Stefanovic wearing the same suit for, for a year and then about an hour later Peter Hellier comes out and goes, and uh, uh, Carl Stefanovic's here and uh, he wore the same suit all year. Like, hey, don't tell me you're doing the same setup. Uh, just... <laughs> Like, did you watch the start? Can you please? And you must have some some other material. Um, Maybe so, Pete was in yeah. the toilet. Um, <laughs> what we do know, though, is that it seemed to be an inordinate number of mentions of Channel Nine boss David Gingell. Now it started mm. with Husey, obviously mentioning him with the in the Packer fight, but then just about anybody from Nine that got up to accept an award, Ginge got a name drop. Yes, yeah, it was well, like there was a lot of ones for the most number of Gingell references or mentions. Um, I had my name down for 23 and I think I actually fell short by about seven. <laughs> I, I like to think that he gets $10,000 every time he hears his name, but, um, he doesn't yeah, get out were, of bed for a million. There were a lot of, yeah, there were a lot of, uh, well, the, yeah, just on the name thing, a lot of, had a lot of nicknames last night, especially mm -hmm. from Scott Cam and, uh, you know, everyone was, was everyone on the, the block crew is called, Scafy or Shorty or Beefy or Ruthie or something. Uh, and then you've got Shane Jacobson comes out and when he's talking to he's talking to Steve Peacock, he's Tiger, good day, Tiger, how are you, Tiger? Um oh, yeah, mate. Oh, that's yeah, all that it's, it was just so blokey. I, I mean I tweeted about this. It just felt like every male presenter that went on felt like they had to outbloke the other ones. Who said um, that we have an issue with uh, with women in Australian media not feeling welcome? Right, uh, yes. Speaking of which uh, they had they there were four awards that were presented before the Logie started, uh -huh. and then were yeah were then pre uh, shown as a package during the evening. You know, earlier in the night these awards were presented, 
And I felt not only was that a little bit harsh on the, the categories because they then didn't get to have their moment in the sun as much as the others did, Mm. Uh, when they were, you know, not uh, uh, horrible categories. I mean, for example, it was the Most Outstanding Children's Program, which was won by Nowhere Boys, Most Outstanding Public Affairs Report, which was won by Banking Bad, um, Most Outstanding Factual Program, which was won by First Contact and accepted uh, in part by Ray Martin. Well, can you imagine? Yes, I mean, that's extraordinary. Mm. In time gone by, there's no way you would have Ray as part of this little package of throwaway award categories. You'd make it all about Ray. I um, know. Yeah, that, that's some sort of, how quickly they forget. Well, there was also uh, Most Popular Footy Show, which was won by the NRL <laughs> Footy Show again. Now, the interesting uh, thing about that, uh, apart from the, the packaged response, there's two things. One, Gary Lyon, who is a part of the AFL Footy Show, was asked on the red carpet what he thought uh, of whether they'll win this year, what's their chances. The NRL Footy Show seems to keep winning. Uh, and his response was, oh, we're all one show. If they win, we win. <laughs> Um, that to me sounds like the mating call of the loser bird, Gary. Mm, yeah. Keep up well, your slack, freaking whatever. Um, yeah, but- I'd just like to say on behalf of uh, everyone at the roast that Utopia's victory was very much, uh, mm. you know, we're all the same show. Yes. Oh, um, look, uh, because you were on the ABC, you're we're stable mates. So um, that means that really there was every opportunity for yourself and Jazz and Nick and uh, Alex yeah. to just blindly walk on stage. Uh, I'm guessing as, we get a, a miniature Logie sent to our PO box or something. I think it's made out of chocolate. Okay. All right. I'll settle for that. Yeah. Uh, the, the other business in that, in the NRL winning, was fine. I mean, there's, you know, uh, uh, Fatty Vorton and, you know, the other people, Dal Broman and Erin Molan, who has joined the cast in the last couple of years. She's the. Uh, uh, trying not to be token female on a show where all she basically does is go, oh, fatty. Um, there's uh, a shot of in a very lovely dress. Again, I don't understand uh, television and fashion and stuff. But afterwards, she's in the media room. She's had you know talks and there's a photo of her holding, I think even kissing her Logie with her legs crossed, sitting down very delicately on a chair, having her own very Sharon Stone moment. Oh. Yes. Oh. Uh, and, and that's okay. still on her Twitter account, and that's the photo that Channel 9 chose to retweet about the footy show winning. Now, if that's not playing to your demographic, I don't know what is. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Well, whether your preference is um, cloth anus or, um, uh, well, okay. Sneaky badge. For, Hashtag that. Hashtag Yeah, there's something for everyone. That's <laughs> okay. That's everyone if you're into either orifice. Yes, yeah, um, I'm sure you know, everyone loves a different hole. Uh, moving on uh, from Speaking hole, of everyone Steve. loving a different hole, Shane Jacobson had probably the worst job of the night, and that was the gold Logie moments, going and talking to the nominees, you know, in a, a very lighthearted but completely scripted and prepared way uh, about how they felt about being nominated. And, and look, in, in one situation, it was Hamish and Andy just joking about drinking and who's going to win. Um, in another situation, it was Shane Jacobson trying not to stare at the very large gaps between Carrie Bickmore and Asher Getty's breasts. And, of course, um, the entire conversation with Carrie Bickmore was about, or oh, was it Asher Ketty? I can't remember now. But one of them, all he did was talk about becoming a mum. There was no discussion of how's your year been? Wow, you were really great in that show. You know, you're such an amazing actress. It was what's it like being a mum now? Yeah, I always like when actr- actresses, um, you see, I've seen this headline a thousand times on magazines where it's an actress talking about her toughest role yet. And mm. you flick through and it's being a mother. 
yeah. Uh, sorry, not to disrespect it. I feel like I live in a society now. I need to explain what I mean behind Hang it. on, hang on. No. Mark, that's Mamma Mia on the phone. They're preparing an outrage article now. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, no, there's not no disrespect against that. It's just, it's specifically against that headline. That is my issue. Moving on. But yeah, so Shane Jacobson, yeah, yeah tough gig uh, roving through the, the crowd uh, talking to Tigers. Specifically um, against you. And on top of that too, he then had to go and talk to Scott Cam, which was fine. I mean, that was, as you, you talk about blokey things. Every second word ended in a Y, matey, blokey, mm. fellery, matey guy. Um, yeah. And then he had to cross to poor Steve Peacock, who was in London uh, on a film shoot, who, because he's a Gold Logie nominee, for some reason, someone said to him, oh, no, 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 you have to sit on the satellite all night and be there for us to cross to you whenever we want. Um, he's in some studio he's probably never been in with people around him. He doesn't know who they are. He's watching a, a, a shitty awards show on the other side of the planet can you imagine what was happening in he was just explaining everything to people going oh yeah i've uh, rooted her um i saw her get done in the toilets and uh yeah that guy he's uh he's gay <laughs> is there anything worse than being in the center of london and being forced to watch australian television um yeah oh, there's only one thing that's worse and that's when australian television comes to the center of london and forces you to watch it being made Move <clears throat> it away <laughs> uh, now it's probably fair Mark as we get towards the tail end of this podcast and, and ensure that we allow our lawyers time to uh, prepare our defences adequately we should discuss some of the winners uh, of the night now I like to shy away from the most popular categories because quite frankly people that's your fault that these people won um, so we won't talk <laughs> yeah. about them except for the gold Logie and uh, we'll start there congratulations to Carrie Bickmore I thought she was uh, a, mm. a deserving winner as much as deserving is um, but beyond that, I thought that her speech when she accepted the gold logie, talking of her, her past husband who died tragically of brain cancer and that whole, uh, you know, it was obviously a tough time for her and, and having to not come back from that, but, you know, help find her feet amidst that trauma and, and personal tragedy would have been very tough. And the fact that she then managed to pull out of her dress from nowhere a beanie <laughs> uh, and encouraged everyone with uh, hashtag beanies for brain cancer to post a picture of themselves on social media and mine's already on there people hurry up um to raise awareness i mean i'm glad that we got to raise awareness and mark mm -hmm. in that entire speech where carrie accepts the pinnacle award in the australian tv industry doesn't thank one person in the tv industry well that was refreshing yeah i uh <laughs> yeah that was i think that she used that speech um yeah, terrifically. That was a, a nice cap to the evening. Uh, I'm guessing all the morning show hosts have followed those um, instructions. I did. I did wonder about that. I was talking to Clark Richards earlier uh, from the uh, roast and uh, Clang, and uh, we were discussing. Yeah, just let me just pick up these names I've dropped. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we were talking about. Because there was a thing where she said, um, you know, so Koshi and Carl, if you can be wearing beanies tomorrow. Now, most of these crews have come over to Melbourne from Sydney. Mm. Uh, and now that speech she made was about 11.30 at night. Those yes. breakfast shows are going to be on at 5. It must have been some real, you know, tough running around Melbourne uh, in, the, in the middle of the night trying to get a beanie because all the shops are closed. And I can't mm. imagine that they packed beanies 
coming over. But uh, anyway, so surely uh, there's a 24-hour target or Kmart that some poor producer at at midnight was then told, "Sorry, you don't get to go to the party. You've got to go and get Carl and Lisa beanies now." Right. Yes. Uh, hopefully, the Crown Gift Shop uh, was able to sort them out. But anyway, that that aside, <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, that, that was that was a really nice touch, and um, it did include yeah. a very awkward moment, though, and that was that when she was talking about the passing of her husband, which you know, tragic and tough, uh, it then cut to her now partner and husband of her second child sitting at the the table they were at, looking up at her very supportively, uh, but right at the moment when she's talking about the passing of her husband, oh, here's the one she replaced him with. Yes, it's a, it's look, it's difficult. It's um, that. It's got to be a very difficult role to fill for, for that guy. and Oh, and yeah. being the director of a live broadcast when who do we cut to now, oh, mm. why not just stay on the person that accepted the award? Why not yeah. stay on the person that's winning and talking now? Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, I once, I once dated a girl after her previous boyfriend of three years had, had died and it's a very strange position being the next guy. So I, I sort of felt – anyway, it sounds like he's a terrific guy and it's <laughs> – yeah, can we cut that? That's all so earnest, isn't it, Mark? How, t- tell us, please, just lay back on the couch. Um, how how do you feel this has uh, affected your your ability to make people happy? Is it that you've become a people pleaser now? <laughs> because I dated a girl who, whose boyfriend had died. Is that what you're saying? Or? Yes. Now tell me about your mother. Um, <laughs> moving on, though, we'll get you off the hook there. Uh, as far as outstanding things go, uh, and these are the the peer voted industry awards, really. Uh, I thought that it was a great pickup for Wentworth. Not only did Danielle Cormack win Most Outstanding Actress for Wentworth, but Wentworth won Most Outstanding Drama Series. Now, this is tucked away on Soho on Foxtel. If you have access to or just go and spend the 10 bucks a month, people. Get Presto for a couple of months. Watch the first two series of Wentworth. It is amazing drama. Absolutely incredible. Have you seen any of Wentworth, Mark? No, but I, you've sold me. I, I have heard wonderful <laughs> things. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I am keen to see it. My dad tells me he really enjoys it. So uh, who am I to call him a liar? I know, and this from a man who just obsessively watches the, uh, the Weather Channel. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, most Outstanding Miniseries or Telemovie was also won by Foxtel. So of the four categories Foxtel were nominated for, they won three of them. Um, there were just about, uh, oh no, it might've been five and they won three of them. Uh, still incredible work from them. Devil's Playground picked up, uh, that from, for most outstanding miniseries, huge tribute to Blake Ashford and to Simon Burke, two of the key people involved in getting that up. Blake, uh, wrote it, uh, and, uh, Simon, of course, starting the original film from Fred Shepsey, uh, and then as a grown up, uh, start again in this, this, uh, this, this miniseries, which was just Outstanding. One of the best things on TV in 2014, quite honestly. And I think it's also in Presto. End plug here. Um, Mark, the comedy and most outstanding entertainment program categories merged and blurred pretty heavily when The Voice beats Sean McCullis, Matters Hell, The Checkout, The Chasers Media Circus and Bogan Hunters. And that's most outstanding entertainment. What is going on with the industry? Well, yeah, because I thought that was the that's the good one in the sense of like the outstanding is like the more credible version of the popular one, mm. um, and so for the voice to win that seemed very odd, especially yeah. Over First Madison. of all, the allegation that it's entertainment is outrageous. Please. Well, let's talk about for a moment just that I didn't realise that when they went through the categories of most popular entertainment program, 
Sunrise was on that list. Uh, I mean, please. Uh, that was outrageous. Uh, find me a person who's been entertained watching Sunrise. Um, so I like that because didn't it used to be light entertainment because it was, you know, they only yes. entertained you lightly. Yes, um, it barely yeah. entertains you. <laughs> yes. So I was a bit shocked by that. But, you know, the voice, I okay. The voice, I, I could go on about the voice, but I just, I think that there's no point to me for these competitions where if the winner doesn't actually then go on and get to, to do anything, if the only winners in the competition are the judges, then it's, then that, that that's a shit show. Mm. Um, so uh, if that, sorry. <laughs> hey, did you know, Mark, that Jesse J is joining the voice this year as a judge? I love Jesse J. I'm all for it. Watch the voice. Um, Re- revolutionary. <laughs> That's it. You've, you've sold me. No, she's very good. I actually probably will check it out if, uh, you know, she's doing a couple of numbers. But I don't need, yeah. Um, Apparently it's so all the, about the money, 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 Mark. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, thunder. It's also about the thunder. That's one of her other songs, I think. Well, she, uh, it was not even three or four years ago that Jessie J performed at the Logies. Oh, yeah. Uh, and everyone went, who is this girl singing this song that we've heard once on FM radio? <laughs> I yeah look I've got a lot of time for her um, but <laughs> the um, I think now I was a little bit confused in the voice promos how many judges are there are, are Benji and and Joel sharing a chair or something yes it, it is a like symbiotic relationship the twins cannot break <laughs> right okay so they're going to be uh, actually uh, attached reattached uh, <laughs> physically mm. uh, and, I'm hoping uh, that they yeah just refuse them and turn them into the Siamese twins they never were. Right, and they've decided that Delta's allowed to talk to adults again now. She's uh, she doesn't have to. She's not uh, thrown off to the kids while they're bringing. In oh, Tyler. look! As we saw from Delta trying to introduce Ricky Martin, uh, I'm confident that there would have been the the director or EP of the Logies screaming into a headset mic somewhere. Who made this woman try and do two things at once? Where she was talking <laughs> into a microphone and trying to read her card it was appalling. <laughs> oh, look. God bless Delta and all who sail in her. Um, the, the most outstanding comedy program, Steve. Mark, what? <laughs> That's all right. Go on. Most yeah. outstanding comedy program, Black Comedy, Legally Brown, Please Like Me, Upper Middle Bogan and Utopia. Any one of those five could have won and I would have been happy. However, as we know, stable mate of uh, the roast, Utopia, did indeed take it out. Now, that's really an award for everybody in comedy at ABC. Uh, what I did like was when Rob Sitch got up to uh, accept the award, he did make light of it by saying, I know it's every network's dream to have a show about infrastructure. Um, mm. People maybe haven't warned to Utopia. I've got to tell you guys, Luke McGregor and Celia Pecola, as really the guys in charge of the B-plot most of the time on Utopia, are seriously the best pairing going around from a comedic, scripted comedic point of view going on. It's hilarious. And then you throw in Rob Sitch doing something funny and it's a winner. Mm, yeah, all for all for more Rob Sitch on television. I mean, he should host the bloody thing. I mean, yeah, bring back a host. Just get the late show. Just get Jane yes. and, and Mick and let's get Tom Gleisner and Santo. Let's just get them to run a Logies for a year and see how well it does. Let's I mean, get, it may be catastrophic, but my God, it'll be hilarious. Yeah, let's get a Martin and Malloy reunion. Let's have like a Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin kind of well, Martin and Lewis, Martin Malloy. Uh, oh, kind speaking of, thing. of which, Mick Malloy did introduce the uh, the most outstanding sports coverage Logie and started with you know his sort of three minutes of, of quizzical whimsy. And I have to say that it was 
I don't. I, maybe I've missed the boat. I'm definitely the wrong demographic. But when it comes to the Martin Malloy pairing, it's very clear where all of the power was, and it wasn't ending in Malloy. <laughs> I well, look, I love Tony Martin. Um, yeah, I think he's a genius. Um, and a genius. Yeah. Ivan yeah. Reitman is a genius. <laughs> look that up on his. What the a reference! Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the only time you'll see Tony Martin play Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> So good. It is so good. Um, and, and I'll just throw my hat in the ring. The Late Show was perfect. Frontline, if you missed Frontline the first time around, this is a brilliant uh, parody of all that was a current affairs in the 90s. Uh, it stars Rob Sitch as Mike Moore, the perfect kind of uh, Ray Martin wannabe. Uh, all of it, the entire series is, is on YouTube with Working Dog's Blessing. Mm. Um, so just get a hold of that and watch it end to end. It is delightful. Yeah, I was thrilled to see they put all of that up because I, I then devoured it again mm. uh, uh, recently. So um, Brooke Vandenberg, Jane Kennedy, as the who starts out as this conniving, uh, bitchy, wanting to get ahead, you know, prim, prima donna Brooke Vandenberg, the reporter, that then in the second season somehow morphs into just being the network slut. Um, it's very, very funny. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't endorse the use of that word, but. Um, <laughs> Oh, is that my Avengers moment? Oh, pardon That's me. Your, sorry, sorry, Mr. Renner. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> to be fair, that's how Jane Kennedy explained it to me. So we'll play okay. on from that. Now, right. do you think, Mark, it's fair to say that the most outstanding sports coverage being won by the 2014 FIFA World Cup on SBS1 was really a, the people's choice given the, the huge nature of it and that it was Les Murray's last World Cup for SBS? Oh, was it? Oh, I did not know that. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, that that could that could explain. I was hoping that there would be a, uh, some sort of uh, dig at the Anzacs, uh, seeing seeing it was uh, SBS's soccer uh, team getting up there to 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 receive the award. Um, but I think they, I think they got rid of that guy, didn't they? They did. Um, yeah. So yeah. Soccer, sure. Best we don't talk about that. Um, Now, for most outstanding news, Porn, that was won by Seven News for their Lint Cafe Siege, uh, you know, coverage. I think realistically that could have been renamed as most outstanding geographically convenient news coverage. I didn't Um, want to say it, but I'm glad you did. Yeah. uh, Look, I think it's other. I I do think across the board the media did pretty well with that mm. difficult situation. And I think Melissa Doyle gave quite a good acceptance speech in not making it too much about them and kind of acknowledging. People yeah. died. Yeah. So I was actually in the Lint Cafe the other day and it's a, it's a sort of strange place to, to, uh, to, oh, to go. I can only but imagine it would be very weird now. You can't. Well, the thing, the thing is, is that you can't Not least go of which there. for the chocolate Grim Reaper they've got up in the corner. The thing is, you, you just can't go in there and not think about it. Um, so, chocolate Grim Reaper, anyway. That's all right. Um, (laughs) Get it it out, Steve. Yeah. um, We're just entertaining myself, really. That's all it is. Who cares if anyone's still listening? Anyway, we'll move on from Lent Cafe. But, uh, yes, uh, I think Mel Doyle did well there. Um, Congratulations to Luke Arnold, who won Most Outstanding Beard for the evening. Um, he, of course, would played Michael Hutchins in uh, In Excess, Never Tear Us Apart. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I've forgotten already. I've already forgotten. It was just a few hours ago. <laughs> Goodness me. The other one yeah. that should be congratulated is uh, well done to Miranda Tapsell, who won both mm. Most Popular New Talent and the Graham Kennedy Award for Most Outstanding Newcomer. Um, yeah. That's both the industry and the public saying, we think you're ace. 
Now, when she won the first one, the most popular new talent, she gave a great speech, uh, basically encouraging the networks to say, look, people want to see diversity. They want to see uh, a broader mix of Indigenous and uh, you know ethnic Australia on television. Uh, if I've won this, that's a pretty clear endorsement. How about it? It wasn't spiteful. Uh, it wasn't hateful. It was just on-point recognition that you know we could be doing a lot better. And that was wonderful. Then when she got up to get the Graham Kennedy Award, she went, I kind of used it all in my first speech. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, no, she was she was terrific. Um, and um, yeah, well earned. Uh, I say that I haven't seen Love Child. What am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> God, can you cut that, Steve? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not cutting anything. This is just going out the way it is. Oh dearie me. Yeah, Richard Wilkins I've... rounded out the night. Uh, in a night that was known for boobs, 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 we had the biggest boob finish it out. Uh, in, in that regard, uh, it was kind of a weird kind of selling of a magazine and then good night, everyone, and roll credits. It was a really anticlimactic end. It was like you finally got to see what Richard Wilkins would be like as a big issue salesman. Um, <laughs> it was just, just this sad man on the side of the stage. Very well TV, dressed. Yeah. TV week. TV week. TV week, anyone? Uh, look, picture of the stars. TV, you're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't cross the street to avoid me. I can see you. Uh, yeah, that was that was a weird ending. In, in what was possibly the worst turn down service ever, ever the one, my insider told me that when she got back to her room, there was a copy of that TV week in everybody's rooms. They all had been pre-delivered for them it's, to enjoy post-logies. It's the new Gideon's Bible. That's extraordinary. Wow. That's, <laughs> yeah. What disturbed me about it, though, was that, and this is a great example of why print is very quickly dying, the event happens Sunday evening. They couldn't even stave uh, off publication. They had to go to print and have conveniently a picture of Carrie on the front. I'm fairly sure mm. they knew she'd won. So let's do that. But no Logie's comment about, oh, here's pictures, here's you know, the list of winners, that kind of thing. You have to wait for next week's publication to get all of the stuff that happened at the Logies. Why could they not hold off and print it late Monday afternoon? You've got to understand, Steve, that the following morning at 4am, all of TV Week's readers go to their local news agent and wait for the delivery truck to arrive and they get the first, well, they ask, they say, can you can you snip open the, uh, and then he cuts open, the, he cuts the string that's got all the magazines oh. together and then they get it at 4am. So that's why they couldn't hold the presses. Not for a second. I like. I know that that when it comes to publications, there are some uh, viewers and fans and stuff that are tied on, taped on to a, to a publication. But that's just ludicrous. Is it any wonder that the TV Week logies will just be the some other company's logies very very shortly? Now, Mark, that draws us to a close on our logies coverage. Given your opportunity, if you had the ability to change anything about the logies, what would be the one thing you would change? Well, it only—it would only be one thing, and that's everything. Uh, the, uh, I, if I'm really honest, I think I genuinely think they should scrap it and start and start again. Uh, I, I just think it has no credibility. Everyone sort of, it, look, it's a national joke, and that, I just think that that you know, this, as much as I enjoy being in on that joke, I, I think it's not really good for the industry. I think all the popular categories. A pointless. I think you know, in terms of the people that vote for it, it's not really a strong representation of. It doesn't necessarily reward quality. 
Um, but in terms of actual things you could <laughs> feasibly do outside of <laughs> just throwing the baby out with the bathwater uh, is... Um, Metaphorically look, speaking, I, of course, we don't endorse the throwing of babies or bathwater. No, definitely not in this climate. But the... Uh, uh, the where am I going with this? I'd like, love to see a host, as I've said. We'd, yeah. We'd absolutely love to see them commit to a host. Um, tighten up the banter or just cut it out altogether. But just, yeah, just shorter, shorter intros. Uh, I think the whole dining room arrangement is not inducive to, or conducive to, sorry, mm. rather to a, a, a good evening and makes it very difficult for the presenters. So I think, you know, a, an auditorium is actually a better sort of set up. Well, the might Oscars also give... do it. Why can't we? Why can't we say, yeah. look, there's dinner afterwards, you lazy bins, mm. or have but, something to yeah. eat beforehand. You're not going to pass out. You haven't eaten for a week already. That's the thing. I mean, I guess the Golden Globes work, but is that, that always seems like, it always feels when I'm watching it like it's a smaller room. The Logies seem like a massive, I don't know whether, maybe, I don't know, I get the impression that the Golden Globes still has a kind of intimate feeling and they managed to make it work even though everyone's at tables. Well, they reckon um, there's a thousand people in that ballroom. Like it is, Rock solid chalk, ten a hundred tables of ten. Yeah, right. Yes. So that's one other consideration. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Steve? Uh, if, if given the opportunity, Mark, if I could change the the logies, uh, I, I think it would be agreed. We need to come back to a to a single host. Uh, sure, play off to presenters. That's totally fine. But someone that's given the opportunity and the writers, I'd, I'd love to see someone like a a, a Lawrence Mooney. Uh, mm. have a swing at it because I think it would be just the right amount of anarchic chaos um, and and leering uh, hilarity that would would un- disarm some people as well as offend just about everyone. Mm. Uh, it, with equal opportunity, it would be delightful. Uh, beyond, a- beyond that, I think that they, they could just probably rework the fact that no Australian acts took part as far as musically speaking. Surely they can't all have been booked for, you know, Jimmy Kimmel or something. Yeah, yes, that was yeah, that, that is unfortunate. Um cuz yeah, for a night that's supposed to be recognizing Australian talent, it does seem to be very odd to 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 have so many ring-ins. Get all your TV news at mulkstvtalk.com. Well, ring-ins such that they are Mark Humphreys, how can people uh, find you and your ring on the internet? Oh, please, can you call me on 04? Uh, <laughs> the uh, Twitter, I am Humphreys Mark. On Facebook, I'm Mark Humphreys Comedy. And, uh, but I'm just walking around, so say hi. Yeah, look, all of that contact detail is available in the show notes for the podcast people. Thank you all for joining us this week on Mogs TV Talk, the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Mogs TV Talk. Find me on Facebook and Instagram at thosethings.com slash Mogs TV Talk. New episodes are out Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or your favourite podcasting app, and please do leave a sweet review. Tune in next week when you'll hear Mark Humphrey say... Enjoy every orifice. Good night. Never a more worthy winner of the Hall of Fame award than Bert Newton.
who's the short guy who said hello? <laughs> Hi, fellow high fives. It is great to be here. You can imagine it's a, a huge thrill. I thank you very much indeed for, for this great honour. It's been a most unusual experience sitting in the hotel room upstairs, watching the show go through. Uh, so close to the activity, but not until this moment being part of it. But first up, I'd like to congratulate Daryl on the fantastic job that he is doing tonight. For me, that's the depressing news out of the way. <laughs> the thing that struck me most of all, and I hope you will accept this in the immodest fashion I'm saying it, I've been absolutely thrilled with the way in which I've been remembered by people today. It has been three years since I had the news broken to me by Patrice Fidgen from TV Week. <laughs> I was no longer with the Nine Network then confirmed only last Christmas by Ian Gow. <laughs> I, I is Ian here, by the way? Is Ian Gow here this evening? A warm, wonderful man. Where is he? <laughs> Ian. Lovely. God bless you. Such nice people running television these days. <laughs> Remember the old days when we had creative people? Terrible days. Dreadful. <laughs> this afternoon... By the way, of course, Ian, uh, only joking, only joking. The most emotional thing for me today was to walk into the foyer of this hotel and I kid you not, and please, as I say, I wish to remain modest. I had no less, I guess, than 150 people surge toward me, which was wonderful. I said to Jason and Carly, who came in with me, uh, <laughs> Lovely to, to be back. Is Hector here, by the way? I can't see the white hair. Is Hector here? Not here this year. Oh, what a pity. Because Hector and I go back a long, long way together with Logies. I presented my very first Logie to Hector Crawford, I think, about 23 years ago. Is Peter Feynman here? No? Now you know how it feels, Peter. <laughs> Is... Is he not here this evening? He's not back from Australia. Oh, he's not back from Australia Live. Wonderful show, by the way, Australia Live. I was the only person in Australia on that night in full makeup waiting for the phone call. <laughs> but it didn't happen. I want to thank a couple of people. I would like to thank. I'd like to thank Peter, Peter Feynman. There is some sort of talk in the industry that Peter and I have had some sort of blue or whatever, this is not true at all. It's obviously just a case he's lost my phone number. <laughs> I want to thank another gentleman who's in the room tonight. He's a very important part of this award, and I speak of Don Lane. Lovely seeing you, Don. <laughs> Don has always been very kind, very generous, and very supportive of me. Until recently. <laughs> But I know precisely how... Darren, I didn't realise it was... What about the hair and the tie and everything? You look lovely. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's a very special night for Darren. This is the first year he's here, not sitting on Jackie's ticket. So please, <laughs> congratulate him. Uh, By the way, 
Congratulations on the ratings, which are absolutely superb. Darren killed him on the ratings this week, and it was wonderful news. Wonderful news for all of us. It seemed going so well. Don is. Are you? Is that Carmen? Carmen Van Hugenhagen, 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 Hugen. She looks beautiful. Lovely. Don, how about six months in your place and six months in mine? Remember that many years ago? As I say, thank you for this award tonight. I want to uh, to let you know that the 16 or 17 years in which I compared the Logies, they were very important years to me. Times have moved on, television has moved on, but I would simply like to say that the 30 years I spent in television were the happiest 30 years of my 49 years so far. I've had the chance of working with some great people, I've mentioned them already, Don, Peter, and Graham of course, I cannot leave him out. Is he here? <laughs> I think not. Some of, the, uh, some of the great comics of television, uh, Joff Allen, Frank Rich, Buster Vadez, Richard Carlton, all of those people who have brought to television smiles. That's the only thing I believe that here in Australia, and this is not a political thing that I want to say, it's just a, a simple observation, comrades. I, I would like to say that I think we in Australia do news, sport and current affairs better than any other country in the world. I would like to add, I think at the moment we're just doing a little too much of it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And to paraphrase MacArthur, perhaps one day I shall return. Thank you. <laughs>